Symptoms of COVID-19 include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. But unfortunately, for due to the paralysis of chest and abdominal muscles, many people with spinal cord injury have an impaired ability to take a deep breath and generate a strong cough. Welcome to this COVID-19 special edition podcast brought to you by Kessler Foundation. In this episode, Carolyn Murphy, senior staff writer, interviewed spinal cord injury expert, Dr. Trevor Dyson Hudson, both from Kessler Foundation on COVID-19 and spinal cord injury, minimizing risks for complications. For more information about our experts and resources mentioned in the podcast, please check out the program notes. Listen in as Carol Ann Murphy and Dr. Trevor Dyson Hudson discuss practical techniques and devices that people with spinal cord injury can use to improve their cough. COVID-19, special considerations for people with spinal cord injury. My name is Carol Ann Murphy. I'm senior writer at Kessler Foundation and assistant editor of the Journal of Spinal Cord Medicine. I'm here today to discuss an important topic with a leading expert in spinal cord injury. Dr. Trevor Dyson Hudson, about the implications of COVID-19 for people with spinal cord injury. Dr. Trevor Dyson Hudson is director of the Center for Spinal Cord Injury Research at Kessler Foundation and co-director of the Northern New Jersey Spinal Cord Injury Model System. Dr. Dyson Hudson, thank you for joining me today to discuss the critically important topic. COVID-19 presents special issues for people with spinal cord injury. Uh, who may be at greater risk for COVID-19 infection and related complications. Yes, yeah, so thanks for inviting me, Carol Ann. Uh, yes, as we're seeing, uh, a high proportion of the United States population could become infected with the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19. Now, people with disabilities like spinal cord injury may be at higher risk for developing more serious complications from COVID-19 illness. You know, as we see, symptoms of COVID-19 include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. But unfortunately, for due to the paralysis of chest and abdominal muscles, many people with spinal cord injury have an impaired ability to take a deep breath and generate a strong cough. And having a weak cough makes it difficult to clear the airways if you have secretions that develop. You know, this can increase the risk for other respiratory complications, especially if one becomes infected with COVID-19. Are there ways to improve the cough in the population with spinal cord injury? When you think about somebody with a spinal cord injury, it's all, imagine yourself having somebody sitting on your chest, and that's kind of what it's like to breathe and cough when you have a spinal cord injury. Uh, But fortunately, there are techniques and devices that people with spinal cord injury can use to try to improve their cough. Um, For example, one of the things that, you know, so if you think about a cough, a cough involves taking a deep breath followed by the cough itself. So one way to kind of increase the amount of air that you take in is to do something called air stacking, in which you take a series of deep breaths and you keep holding them in, and then you follow it by a forceful cough. Now, as I said, it can be challenging for people with spinal cord injury who lack kind of 
rib and abdominal muscles to generate that strong cough. So often what we can do uh, is provide a manually assisted cough in which a force is applied to a person's abdomen or belly while they try coughing. Think about it, it's kind of like a Heimlich maneuver, but from the front. So as the person's starting to cough, you're pushing on the abdomen. Now, if a person really has difficulty, then there is a machine, a cough assist machine, that can be used. And what this machine does is it uses a face mask and it, the face mask provides a deep breath in with a pause followed by uh, a suctioning as the person is coughing. So think of it as a really kind of a fancy vacuum blowing air into the lungs and then sucking it out. And the idea is to to clear the, the thick secretions, the mucus that can get in your lungs that you know, normally an able-bodied person might be able to clear easily, but a person with spinal cord injury will have a more difficult time. You can see examples of these techniques uh, on our website. Uh, actually, me performing these techniques with a, a licensed respiratory therapist, either on the Kessler Foundation uh, YouTube page or on the Kessler Foundation website. Thank you, Dr. Dyson Hudson. These are very useful tips for um, individuals as well as healthcare providers and caregivers. People with spinal cord injury um, also rely, uh, often rely on assistance um, with their uh, personal care, uh, a home care attendance. Uh, these are challenging times for people uh, relying on uh, that type of personnel. Can you address those issues? Sure. Sure. So, so this, I mean, so yeah, as you pointed out, many you know, people with spinal cord injury, uh, some rely on home care. And so you, so this poses challenges in a couple different ways. So for one, you know, we are all trying to stay at home and uh, isolate ourselves from others outside. And so when you have a home care assistant, you may have somebody who's coming from the outside into your house on a repeated basis. You know, and that person, they themselves have been exposed to the outside. So it's important that you have this person wash their hands when they come and use hands or hand sanitizer uh, prior to touching or feeding you. Um, and that throughout the day that they regularly clean and wash their hands using either soap or hand sanitizer. Um, the other thing is to just regularly clean, sanitize, and disinfect any surfaces that that person or you are touching in the home. And then you may even want to consider having your attendant take extra steps, such as wearing a mask uh, or you yourself wearing a mask. Uh, the guidelines still are uncertain about wearing masks, although it seems to be leaning towards the fact that it is just safer all around to wear a mask to either prevent other or to, you know, to protect others or protect yourself. So that's one issue. The other issue is that, um, you know, as a person with a spinal cord injury, if you're relying on somebody for assistance and that individual can't come to assist you, then then you're stuck. You're alone. Um, so 
if possible, what you want to try to do is make sure that you have adequate backup. I mean, if you're lucky enough to have backup caregivers through the agency, but the agencies themselves may be taxed at this time, whether uh, they're providing more assistance to people or their own staff are becoming sick or don't want to work or have to take care of their children. I mean, there's, these are difficult times. So it's important to ensure that you have backups or at least maybe an emergency backup, like a friend or a family member that can at least come and provide assistance if uh, for some reason your attendant doesn't or can't show up for work that day. Um, other things to, to important are to stock up on medical supplies, um, medications, I hear that it's getting more and more difficult for people to get gloves, latex gloves, um, which is, you know, making it challenging for people with spinal cord injury and those who care for them uh, when they do some bowel and bladder uh, management. Uh, so these are certainly uh, some problems that come up that are unique to people with spinal cord injury. Thank you. Very interesting. And as you say, very challenging times for um uh, people with disabilities. What are some other considerations um, for people with spinal cord injury? Is there anything else you'd like to mention that would be helpful? Yeah. So finally, I mean, one of the most challenging things is we will see that one of the steps people can take is to, you know, it's important to one, clean your hands, wash your hands with soap and or hand sanitizer, and to do that for 20 seconds. You know, for somebody with impaired hand function and spinal cord injury, due to spinal cord injury, it could be challenging to wash your own hands, so you need assistance. Um, and then the other thing that we're supposed to do is uh, regularly clean surfaces that we may have come in contact with. And so for a wheelchair using person with spinal cord injury, um, that can be very challenging uh, because, you know, there's there's your wheels, there's your push rims, there's the armrests if you have them. And trying to clean a surface like that, that's rolling over the ground, that's coming into contact with all kinds of things, is very challenging. I mean, you can try to uh, wipe down your push rims, try to avoid pushing off of your tires when you propel your wheelchair. Uh, but and at the end of the day, all you can do is the best you can. So, Well, thank you. These are uh, issues that we don't ordinarily you know, think about under normal circumstances. Certainly challenging times for all of us, but especially for those with spinal cord injury. Um, how can people with spinal cord injury prevent infection? Are there any, you have any particular tips for people with spinal cord injury? I mean, only just to follow the guidelines that people are saying now. I mean, certainly, you you know, we, we now know that it spreads by contact uh, from person to person and through respiratory droplets produced when an infected person coughs or sneezes. So it's important, if you can, to try to maintain your distance. Uh, you know, that, you know, within avoid people within kind of a six foot radius and um, and to just take those precautions. As I said, uh, try to clean your hands often if you can with soap or hand sanitizer. Uh, you know, try to minimize the amount of contact you have with outside people. 
Um, and again, within reason, I mean, certainly if you have home attendance, uh, you need those individuals to come into your home. Uh, obviously, if you're if you're sick, then you should stay home, and that then in itself creates challenges because you now have people who have to come into your home to provide um, care to you. So, um, and uh, you know, so I mean, I think the most one of the most important things is if you have any questions, reach out to your healthcare provider for assistance. Um, you know, please, uh, you know, we log into our webpage, uh, for more information. Um, and, you know, hopefully these things are of assistance to, to people with spinal cord injury. Well, clearly COVID-19 presents, uh, special challenges for people with spinal cord injury. And Dr. Dyson Hudson, we thank you for this most valuable perspective on these challenges and how uh, people with spinal cord injury and their caregivers can maintain their health through these difficult times. Thank you so much for asking me, Caroline. Tuned into our podcast series lately? Join our listeners in 90 countries who enjoy learning about the work of Kessler Foundation. In new episodes, our experts weigh in on the impact of COVID-19 on people living with disabilities. And they talk about how research that changes lives continues at Kessler Foundation. Check back soon to listen to more COVID-19 podcasts on our playlists. Look for the link in our program notes. Listen in on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was recorded on Wednesday, April 3rd, 2020, remotely, and was edited and produced by Joan Banks-Smith, creative producer for Kessler Foundation.